Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, if you've ever flown, folks, sitting on the tarmac is um, an unpleasant experience. And like I said earlier, I've never had anything like this happen to me. I've been pretty lucky so far, knock on wood, uh, in the the air travels I've I've undertaken. Uh, But the fact that this could possibly happen is is pretty outrageous. Now, if there are extenuating circumstances where it's unavoidable, that's one thing. But you, you look at what happened with these air transat flights, and it's hard to envision a scenario where you have to basically imprison people on an airplane for up to six hours, including one of these flights where there was uh, no air conditioning either. So people are stranded. They don't know what's going on. They can't get off these planes. Uh, there's not snacks, refreshments, any of that stuff going on. And apparently got pretty bad on some of these flights. So one, a child threw up on top of everything else. Uh, one of the flights, somebody called 911, which attracted a lot of media attention. So who's to blame for this? And if an airline screws up and leaves you in a terrible situation, are they going to be held accountable? So I think a lot of people were watching to see what the Canadian Transportation Agency would do with this. Are they going to take this seriously? There's an agreement that these airlines make with their passengers, and if there's a violation of that agreement, what kind of penalties are there going to be? So the Canadian Transportation Agency did indeed find that Air Transit broke its tariff agreement with customers. They should have been let off sooner, and they weren't, and that's on the airline. So what's the penalty? And I think that's where we need to take a closer look here. Now, it says that passengers are going to be covered by Air Transit for out-of-pocket expenses. But what does that entail? Is that really a meaningful punishment? That just seems like an obvious starting point. Well, joining us uh, for more, very pleased to welcome to the program, Gabor Lukacs, uh, who's a passenger rights advocate, and he's been following this closely. Gabor, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I have very mixed feelings as I bring this decision. Morally, this is a victory for passengers. After all, Air Transit was told that it's nonsense explanations and attempts to blame the Ottawa airport are are not legally acceptable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when we look at actually what's happening with the real consequences, other than the moral rebuke, this case raises many concerns. I've just received a copy of the notice of violation, and it looks like the agency actually botched the notice of violation. Now, what's the notice of violation? Explain that. A notice of violation is uh, is like a ticket, but for a large amount, where, where you tell a company, this is the violation you made, and this is the fine we are issuing to you. The problem here is that uh, the maximum amount per violation of the nature that is identified here is $10,000. And I'm seeing here only two violations, the way it is phrased. Well, and therefore it can support at most $20,000 of fine. They, the agency erroneously, or so it seems, treated 
each flight as just one violation and not as many violations as the number of passengers on board. So uh, the number that they came up with, $295,000, there's no legal basis for it. I, I'm looking at it and I'm saying if we, if we are going to treat it, each passenger as a separate violation, then the notice of violation has to identify each violation separately. Well, and it should be, I'm right? That. Yes, and I'm not seeing that. And then the amount, if each passenger, then we have, it talks about a total of 590 passengers, then the amount of the fine should be $5.9 million if we are being consistent about it. So this looks like a botched case. And what I'm also reading from the agency's website is that at the same time, uh, the agency may waive this uh, if perhaps the, the um, uh, airline based something to some passengers uh, to passengers. We have to bear in mind that we have 590 passengers. If you divide that amount among them, then it will come to, you know, about $500, $600 per passenger. That's a pittance in yeah. the circumstances. Doesn't seem and like much. I don't see, and I don't see any legal basis for an, the Canadian Transportation Agency or its uh, enforcement officer to waive a fine or reduce the amount of the fine once it has been issued. So I'm seeing here two very serious legal problems, and there are questions of how is accountability going to happen. So far, the press seems to be simply celebrating, oh, maybe finally something is happening. And no one has been looking at actually the final de fine details, which is not the decision. It was a no-brainer that uh, that air transit explanations were nonsensical. They, they were completely ludicrous. That was a no-brainer. The question was what consequences air transit would be facing. And what we are seeing here is, as I predicted, no real consequence. A fine which I suspect is not even enforceable, but anyway, the agency will try to waive it in a manner that is itself questionable. So it says in that notice of uh, violation that the uh, fine or the penalty, as they call it, must be paid to the Receiver General for Canada. But uh, it sounds as though then, as you say, that if they're, they're just going to give a few hundred dollars or six hundred dollars, whatever it is, to, to the passengers, that they don't have to send anything to Ottawa. That's what I'm seeing in a press release materials that, I, that, that has been circulated in the press and that was forwarded to me, which is a great concern to me. Uh, this is a media stunt. This is a publicity stunt to try to buttress the agency's way to, with respect to Bill C-49, which is now before the Senate. But in reality, they issued a, a notice of violation which raises serious legal questions. It doesn't strike me as having any legal substance. It, it, you know, I'm really struggling to understand someone with many years of experience would issue such a notice while the agency's own website states that uh, the maximum penalty for such a violation is no more than $10,000, unfortunately. Right. So we have here at least a finding from the transportation agency that there was a tariff violation. This uh, contract, essentially, the passengers enter into with the airline and the airline has obligations and that it failed to meet those. So that seems to be, as you say, that's not two violations. That's a violation of the agreement they made with each and every passenger, shouldn't it be? That's correct. But what is of little comfort if those uh, violations are left without a consequence. And what we are seeing here is a botched enforcement action 
where the agency is showing complete lack of ability to uh, actually properly apply its own statute. Does it give any more clarity to the question of what's reasonable? What's a reasonable amount of time for people to have to wait on the tarmac on board an airplane? Clearly, six hours is unacceptable, but where's where's the line? The line is set out in air transit terms and convictions as 90 minutes. 90 minutes? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's pretty clear. (laughs) This was well beyond 90 minutes. And this is why I thought this was an absolute... No brainer. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what are you going to be watching for then, as we learn more about this in the days ahead? Well, uh, I'm I'm going to review the law, and I'm contemplating already, based on what I've seen, to possibly challenge uh, this uh, notice of violation and and the entire process around the notice of violation in the federal court of appeal, which is the court supervising the Canadian Transportation Agency, because on its face. I'm seeing no basis for what the agency did. It looks like a sham, and it raises some concern of the agency acting in that faith. I cannot imagine someone with multiple years of experience issuing such a notice of violation uh, with with such a such a gross negligence yeah. of, of disregarding what the what the agency's own website says about enforcement. Well, mixed feelings, as you say. I think that puts it well. More at uh, airpassengerrights.ca. Gabber, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's uh, Gabber Lukacs, uh, air passenger rights advocate. Again, airpassengerrights.ca. So some positives here, but uh, he's got some big questions, too, in terms of how they've come up with this fine and whether it's even really a fine in the first place. Nine seven four eight two five five. When we come back, we'll talk about our love affair with caffeine and where we should be concerned. Maybe as it pertains to kids and caffeine in particular, cold, fuzzy, you know, fizzy caffeine drinks, also known as energy drinks. How worried should we be about uh, kids and caffeine? We'll get into that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.